Welcome to Ready, Set, Roll, Divides. I am your DM, Daniel, and with me is Austin as Orenthal James, Craig as Jose De La Mancha, and Dylan as Big and His Tona Dial. Big Tony. Hello, everyone. How do you do? If you do not know me, I am the entity formerly known as the Nilbog. It's a pleasure to have you in my study. If you are here, that means you have been a part of our story since the very beginning, and are just here for a quick little recap of all of the crazy events that have happened in the world. However, if you find yourself here without having heard the story, I recommend you go back to the beginning of Divides and get the interpretation of our friends, family, and party to this point. Don't worry, I'll give you, oh, a moment until you get back here and I'll carry on. (laughs) Oh, welcome back. That means you've caught up. Good, I'm happy. Now to understand our heroes from their beginnings, I only find it fair that you understand the story of mine. You see, I was once a glorious trickster god of the goblins, a great prankster who pranked all the other gods of the pantheons. Ah, it's glorious. I worked with many other trickster gods as well, and they appreciated my talents. However, one day, I met an ill fate. I pulled a prank upon the orc god of war. He was a brutal man who never laughed at anything, never cracked a smile. So the other trickster gods persuaded me into doing something mischievous. And so I pranked the god of war for the orcs. And instead of laughing, he ripped me limb from limb, tore me apart, and shattered me to pieces. It was... it was cold then, to be torn apart, to be destroyed piece by piece. I can't entirely explain it, but the emptiness I felt after all of that was unimaginable. But instead of death, I found myself small, short, inside the body of one of my goblin followers, a high priest of my following who had worshipped me for many years. Well, he apparently had accepted me into his body, having a vision previously that my destruction was on the horizon. And so I became the Nilbog, which many people might not understand this, but Nilbog is just goblin backwards. It's quite a little bit of a, uh, not an onomatopoeia, but a word switch. However, I hated every minute of being what I became. An existence that couldn't die, truly die, because any time I died in the current body, I would shift over to another goblin. On and on, the cycle would continue for hundreds of years. So I grew tired of it. I wanted my divinity back. I wanted my power of becoming a trickster back. And you know what I came up with? A brilliant idea. Since I was too weak and vulnerable to various things by divinity and arcane, I would hire a group of heroes, have them sent out into the world, 
and doing things for me to gather items of power that I could use and funnel from to regain my lost claim to fame. And I did. I found a group of young prospective heroes who would come together, go out on adventures and glory and money and gather high power for themselves. And they all died. Scrap that, rewrite, and do it again. So then I found another group, a group of, uh, of Dragonborn who formed the mighty Dragon Five, and they were going to go out there and gain power and fame, and they died. And then the next group died, and then the next group died, and then again, and again, and again. <laughs> it was just a vicious in the cycle of death upon death. I couldn't find any heroes who... Who could save me? Who could help me? Q... 250 years ago, a group of adventurers had recently defeated the Dragon Lords, um, managed to shatter their power, release the dragons into the afterlife, and fixed the portals to the elemental plane, shutting off any avenue or hope I had of gathering power from those dimensions. I was mad, frustrated. I gave up. And then I ended up in a small little town here in Serenesh. A small little town known as Beechton. Now, this little town, it had nothing going for it. It was a fisherman town by the beach. Hence the name. I guess they thought it was clever. And through coming to that town, I found a group of friends who had this bold dream to become knights, soldiers, people of fame, fortune, and glory. All of them having the dream of becoming heroes. So that's when I gathered an idea. Instead of hiring a group of adventurers who are just going to flop up, why couldn't I make my own heroes, make my own adventuring party of people who could just gain strength and power with a little nudge of my own hand of fate? Perfect. The idea and concept were perfect. So... I introduced myself to them. Only to them, though. I made myself invisible to everyone else. Only to these four that I became their guardian. I trained them. I taught them how to fight. They formed camaraderie that very few people could ever understand in this day and age. And they were growing up to be the greatest heroes of all time. So I decided to test them. Five years ago, before our main group left the halls of Beechton, I nudged a pirate towards their small little community, saying they had vast riches in gold that they could profit off of and probably retire on. 
<laughs> the captain took to this very well and attacked Beechton post-haste. I got to watch a battle of epic proportions between the gods and these four warriors that I had trained and helped rise up. They were quite well. They did exceptionally. But they lost. And they lost at the very... They lost towards the tail end of that conflict against the captain, almost defeating him, actually. But they lost. And in that loss, I lost one of the four who had been trained by me since day one. I was already backtracking. I was already losing hope again that I would not reach my power. And then the other one left disappeared without a trace. I still can't find him to this day. So then all I had left was Jose de la Mancha, La Abora de Rina, and Bigness Totodile, Big Tony. Well, Jose de la Mancha went off to a night academy, and Big Tony, he went off to serve the Navy like his father before him. And for the next five years, they disappeared out of my purview... Well, except for Jose, I kept my eye on him since he was still within the realm of Serenesh. And after five years, they gathered once again through my own push of the hand of fate. Chapter one of Nilbog's amazing stories and wondrous tales of the GBA. Part one, A Hero's Journey. The reformation of the GBA occurs, as I said, five years later. Jose de la Mancha returns to Beechton after becoming a knight of the people, along with, beside him, a minotaur known as Orenthal James, a great, powerful bounty hunter known by many far and wide. I returned to the city of Beechton as OJ found himself needing to capture a pirate, one that Jose de la Mancha knew very well and wishes to seek revenge upon. Through combat and battle, they capture said pirate and throw him away to be hung at a later date, thus forming the first connection of the man named as, known as Ornthal James into my purview. Amazing, really. Meanwhile, Tony, off onto the ocean, attacked by water elementals and facing a shipwreck, makes his way back to Beechton as well, using various mechanics of riding sharks, along with Cousin Mickey, his uh, dead cousin, so to speak. Um, apparently, Mickey died a long time ago, but Tony kept him alongside him to the very end, where they defeated the legendary crab, Crabius. With Tony's return, Jose and Beechton, this new fellow OJ, I found a time to move more pieces into place and solving various puzzles, having them save a priest from a group of wargs and dire wolves, and to push them on to head towards the capital city of Cyril within the continent of Serenash. Thus began the hero's adventure, the road to Cyril, where they met Various little towns along the way fought rat folk and ghosts, as well as an entity known as the Blue Cross. 
a religious organization that seemed to be very interested in a particular angel-like being who was running the roads, where the party also met Angelo Verte, a man who I have serious difficulties with after he was able to acquire power that I wish to have bestowed upon myself, but we'll get to that later. Upon reaching the capital city of Cyril, they had many wondrous adventures that they refused to tell me about because they hate... Look, let's be honest, they don't exactly like me, the Nildebog, and kept very closed-minded and closed-lipped about some things. But I heard something about a baking competition in the sewers. Very unsanitary. However, in their adventures in the city, they discovered a woman named Breeze, a Genase, who was apparently born of a djinn, a great genie of air. Gathering her up, they decided that they should travel to the desert as a vacation, a group vacation, which allowed me, the Nilbog, to travel with them once again, making our way to the desert, fighting an evil wizard and his various elemental dangers in the tunnels beneath, and heading towards Breeze's original home, a city full of Erganase that had been lost to the deserts of time. However, this temple held a very unique secret. As you see, genies are powerful, wish-granting mechanisms. And Breeze, Breeze was a key part in all of this, her being a jinn descendant. The party made their way into the temple. A ritual was being conducted inside of this palace, one created by the Blue Cross, who simply wished to see their... God restored to his rightful power to bring him back into this world and wreck havoc to all of it. Led by a unique wizard who had been on the wanted lists of Cyril for many years, with a name I kind of forgot. It must be in my notes somewhere. Maybe one of you who have listened could remind me. Battles ensued. Many were killed. And at the end of it all, a wish was granted. Breeze's wish. A wish to have Jose de la Mancha forever. And thus a second Jose de la Mancha was created, which scared me a little bit, but that meant I could have Jose full time. And this Breeze woman could take him away somewhere else. The, well, the copy at least. And so ended the first real hero's journey of our party was complete. Now, a few things to catch up on is at this point in our story, Big Tony had managed to find his way to two different elemental planes, which surprised me as I knew that the keys to those kingdoms had been lost to time. So how was this possible? How was... Big Tony able to teleport to these places. I later found out it was said Angelo Verte had been able to manipulate things and get Tony teleported to the planes of air as well as the planes of water. 
He utilized his own information for himself so that at the Air Palace he could turn himself into a Nephilim, a half-celestial, half-fiend, which is one of the goals that actually were accomplished by the Blue Cross. They managed to turn Angelo Verte into this creature, this entity that was neither fiend nor celestial. And then he went out into the world to seek vengeance against great evils. Which almost got me killed, actually. <laughs> he went out and searched for a great evil that was disturbing the world based upon his god Poseidon's orders. As was Tony. Tony himself was searching under orders of Poseidon for a disturbance in the world. But that disturbance hadn't shown its face just yet to its fullest capacity. However, with the palace situation solved, Breeze left with her man, Jose the Simulacrum, into the air, never to be seen again, as far as my eyes could tell, as they tr decided to travel around the world together. And so ended our first part of the hero's journey. Chapter 2. The GBA had officially made a name for themselves through their various adventuring work during a long multi-month period, during which time preparations for a tournament within Orso Leon, the beast city of Serenesh, had gone underway. Finally, another way for me to test my adventures in a combat scenario and have them prove themselves to me that they were the right choice. And boy, was I ever correct. Through the tournament, all three of them made it rather far, defeating a foe after foe, until only one person was left to rise to the top, and that being Jose de la Mancha. However, the opponent he fought in the last bit of the tournament was a good acquaintance of mine, one I had made previously to help push things along. Alistair Cunning, a man who had great ambition, was searching to save his home, and had the little Nilbog helping him understand that Serenesh was a gold mine for magical energies that his home so desperately wanted. So he took that to heart, and took that along his way. As our group, the GBA, continued on to find themselves through various festivities of the tournament, OJ reunited with his father, a sweet and touching moment. Jose reunited with his father, and closed horrid ties that had separated them for so long. And may have caused his father to lose his leg, but we won't worry about that. But even in the happiness of family reunions and mending of wounds, some things just don't get to have a happy moment. As the forces of Arconia descended upon Sevenesh, the little bit of an army I pushed onto the world, so to speak, an attack upon Beechton, which the GBA defended against and pushed back for as long as they could to where they had to retreat, move the refugees of Beechton into various places, and then headed back to Cyril, where they were tasked with finding allies 
to battle against this new naval force that had the entirety of Serenesh surrounded. The party formed allies, made deals. Tony went to another elemental plane. He did that a lot, okay? He had a situation where he went to all the elemental planes a lot, which was good for me, but just, I don't know how the boy just kept on going. I mean, I know how the boy did it, but it's still just crazy to think about. And with a pushback on the Arconians, the party gathered their allies, attacked their ships, unleashed a kraken. I'm going to have to deal with that one day. And defeated the Commodore of the Arconian Armada, Alistair Cunnings, the man that Jose de la Mancha defeated in the tournament. They fought in an epic battle to the death. They got an airship. Quite interesting. They got unique weapons. They powered a tuning fork to one day go to the Celestial Plains. And I made my move. Grabbing said tuning fork, which held all this elemental power within it, and jammed it into my chest. And using that power, I finally did it. I resurrected I became who I once was, the god of goblin trickery. Understandably, the GBA were mad at me. They were upset that I managed to... Not that I snicked one under them. Tony had his suspicions for long, long periods of time. But I managed to regain myself. Told them that... I told them that I would give them time to gather up some power to gather some strength to come meet me one day. And that's where the Great War of Serenesh ended, and we moved on to our final part. Part 3, Chapter 3, The End of the Road. After my devious plan went off and succeeded, and I once again gained my rightful power, the GBA were tasked with one final mission. To stop the one entity who they had called friend, companion, annoyance, dipshit, or various other words. <laughs> they gathered together to complete one final mission to defeat me. To accomplish this, they went to search for items and artifacts of power. Luckily, the weapons that Alistair Cunnings had upon his vessel, the Leviathan. They learned that they could empower them using dragon hordes. So they traveled to the Elemental Star, searched through various dragon hordes that have long times ago, fighting ancient ghostly dragons, Draco Liches, and even Abashai, demon dragons to empower these weapons to their fullest strength. And I watched on while making Castle Cyrell my own little home away from home. Seeing as I was one of the only gods in the actual realm of the material plane, I kind of have free reign to do whatever I want. So, with their weapons charged, I met them and told them to meet me, the Nilbog, Within Pranktown, 
it used to be called Castle Cyro, but now it's Breakdown! Population, me and the many victims of my constant pranking and <laughs> adjustments. So now we're going into it. My final battle with the GBA. My final swan song of the heroes I crafted. Giving them an opportunity to bring me down. If I win, well, then I go on being the prankster god I was meant to be, spreading my trickery all over the world. And if they win, then they go down as glorious heroes, brave warriors who defeated a god in order to save the world. If I had to say one thing, I think that's a pretty good conclusion to a story, wouldn't you agree? Final epic battle of heroes and deities. Thank you for coming along to listen to this recap. I hope it wasn't too boring for you. I hope it helped you to catch up on where we are in the story today. Thank you all so much for joining. Goodbye. And I hope you all enjoyed that little bit of Nobaga iteration. Um, we're going into the last bit of Divides. We've got probably three to four more episodes before we end the Divide series. And having done it for a long period of time as being the DM, the story creator, and working with um, the characters that I was given... I gotta say I'm really grateful, happy, excited to see this wrap up, but also, you know, there's that melancholy of this is another game that you get to finish and the end of a story, and it's happiness, but it's also that sadness that the story just can't go on. But after this, we're going on to a new campaign, and I hope you all are excited for that because Craig's going to be picking up the reins once again. So... I'll talk to you all next time on Race at Roll Divides. Later.